Hi, I'm Shay. And I'm David. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, we will be discussing what we've been playing, the news, and for our main topic tonight, the BGG Top 100. Yes. Is it good? Do we agree with it? This is actually going to be a series. We're starting a series. We're going to go from 100 down to 1 over the next however many episodes it takes us to talk about them. Yeah. And discuss the games that we've played haven't played and whether we think they're correct or overrated yeah basically anything we know about the games is yeah. as, as we go through them uh just just something different yeah and the bgg top 100 is a pretty um popular rating system and it's something that people definitely go by so i think it's worth talking about not necessarily how it works because it's crazy how it works uh from my understanding but yeah um, there, there's a lot of ratings that go into it but I think it's worth to look at. Yeah. Some people treat it like gospel. Some people think it's... Uh, a little biased. <laughs> a little biased, not accurate. Uh, and, and there's some gotchas about it we will cover as we go. First... What we've been playing. What we've been playing. I will discuss one. And it's one I haven't actually finished playing yet. Or done a full official game of it yet. Okay. But I have actually read the rules of it. And okay. briefly looked at it. Okay. Kind of played it. Uh, and that is Mazescape. So is this one of your newfound affinity for solo gaming? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Honestly, the board game store um, sucked me in because I was buying a sweater and they have them at the front desk. And I was just looking at them and I'm like, well, that sounds cool. I like mazes and this one's Greek themed. I'm okay with this. Uh, so, <laughs> I bought it. Do you, do you buy it. stuff at the grocery store, too, when it's right there? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So, splurge buying. I splurge buy. I mean, it was only, it's only like 20 bucks, right? Like, it's only. not an expensive game. Okay. Actually, I think it might even be cheaper. I think it was 12 bucks. But... Okay, tell me about Mayscape. Okay, so Mayscape is a solar player game, yep. as you said, or as they call it, a solitaire style game, where you are literally solving mazes. Now, the one I bought is Erindy. Uh, Arin, it, it, it has the Minotaur on it. Okay. So I'm reading it upside down right now because I can't remember how to pronounce it. Erindy? Um, no, that's not how you say it. Anyway, it has the Minotaur on it. So it's actually based around like getting through the labyrinth, I'm pretty okay. sure, in the whole Greek myth. And so you're slowly trying to make your way in. That's the whole point. The other one that was there is just a bunch of mazes, it seems, that you solve. I don't know whether it has, like, a connecting storyline. But the general idea is you have, I think it's six or seven mazes um, in there that you can that you play through. And what they are is a folded bit of paper. You have a pointer, and you follow the maze with your pointer. And it's really neat because as you unfold the, the paper pamphlet you get, you know, more areas and you kind of, what you have to do is unfold it and refold it in the correct order so that you can get to the end of the maze. As well as doing that, there are like bonus extras that you kind of have to find. So some of them are, you know, finding just five pots in the maze uh, or finding a certain statue or in some cases, I haven't seen one yet, delivering a certain item to a different place. So okay. Getting one, you know, getting one thing and then going to that place and dropping it off in a sense. Okay, so are there cards or something that tell you what you need to do or is there stuff you find that... It's on the back of the scoring card. 
Okay. It tells you what there is and what your kind of goals are. Also on the back of the maze, it tells you. Okay. Is, are you graded or is there a time limit? Not really. There's no time limit. And I, I didn't see anything in there about necessarily like scoring points. But it's, I, I need to read the rules a little bit more thoroughly to see how that goes. It just seems like kind of a puzzle, right? Like you're just literally doing it for the fun of it. Okay. So it's not, it's not points or anything. You're just trying to get through the maze. Yeah. Uh, and it looks really cool. I really like how the maps are set up. It's a very Marauder's Map type situation, you know, where you're, you're going through and you're flipping all these papers over and trying to find the different areas. It's pretty neat so far. Uh... It is, I was hesitant on it briefly just because it is a game that you play it once, right? Like yep. it's, it's done after that. And you can't go back in and find more stuff in the maze. I mean, you can, but once you found everything, there's not really more to find. Um, and the other thing that I'm a little worried about, like I thought I could do it without drawing on the papers, but I found it when I briefly went through the first map found it a little hard to keep track of which items I had found. Okay. Because um, I, I can count how many I've found, but what if I found the same one twice, right? So I kind of would want to leave a mark on there to be able to tell that I found it. Yeah. But then I feel like, you know, it, it doesn't stop you from being able to resell it or for other people to replay it, but I'm a little worried about that part. Okay. Jordan talked about cutting stuff up while you're playing it. I haven't had to do that yet. They never said anything about that in the rule books. Okay. They, they just said you unfold and fold, and there's fold lines. Like, you don't fold it okay. against the lines. But then again, I've only played the first one. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, I bought Mayscape. I briefly went through, and I actually did find the end when I went through the first one, but I want to do it again because I didn't find all the pots that I was supposed to find. Okay. But, yeah, I am looking forward to playing it. I think it's something that's easy to just pull out for fun. Cool. Okay. I will talk about the uh, one game we played this week. Yes. Uh, our, our, our board game collection is gathering dust right now. We're busy. We, we, we have a lot of stuff going on, but we did get one game in. We played Sagrada. And this is a dice placement game. Dice drafting, dice placement game. Yeah. Uh, it's two, three, four years old, somewhere in there. Is it only that old? Yeah. Wow. It hasn't been around for that long. Okay. Uh, this is the game that I've bought all the expansions for. And I think I've only used one of the one. expansions yeah. once. Yeah. Uh, it just, the base game works so well that I haven't dug into it far enough to play, or to get the expansion, or to learn the expansions, I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to say. And I don't know if they had complexity or anything like that, but, yeah, you, you know, know, they're in the box. Yeah, looking at some of them as we pulled everything out the other day, uh, I was like, oh, I actually didn't realize we had these. That might be fun to try at one of these points. Yeah, we, we should learn it, learn them and play them. Uh, so in Sagrada, depending on how many people you play, you draw two dice for each person plus one extra. Uh, you roll the dice, and the first person drafts one. You go clockwise, and then once you get to the last person, he goes in and you reverse it and go counterclockwise. Uh, on your turn, you can draft a dice, you can play it, or use a tool. Uh, there's three tools, which are stuff that breaks the game, basically. And the first person to do it costs them one gem, and it, after that, it costs two gems for anybody to use that. Uh, 
your goals are three scoring cards in the middle, plus each one has their, everybody has their own private scoring card. I really like Sagrada. Yeah. I think it's a solid game. The dice, while not huge, work for what it's doing. Yep. Uh, and for the first time since we've owned the game, I won. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I think I've, I've maybe won this a couple times. Yeah. Um, not many. I, but... I don't remember ever coming close to winning. Yeah. But I will say, this is one of the first games we ever owned. Like, we did not have a lot of games before this one. We had Catan and we had Seven Wonders and stuff like that. But I remember getting this one before our collection got really big. Really? I, I think so. Hmm. I, I honestly think so. Or maybe it was just the only game I'd play. Maybe. But... <laughs> I, I remember getting this around the same time as Azul. See, and I thought we got this one. I don't know when we got Azul. I'm, I thought we got this one before I really started playing in the board game club in high school. Nope. No, because that would no. be older than five years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is definitely since we started playing a lot. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I can't exactly remember when we got it or how early in our board yep. game collection, but it, it, it it's, it's one that we've played with everyone. Yep. Uh, it's Has an inlay simple board. rules, it's got dual layer boards, uh, it's, it's a nice production. It's a nice, solid game. Uh, and I like all the different rules, and there's a stack of them that you deal out randomly each time. So, yeah. So there's some variety. Uh, it's not the same game each time you play, and it never will be because you're rolling dice. And yeah. And, yeah. It's, I, I think it's just a solid, simple game, right? Yeah, we were, we were looking for something after the bike race on Sunday to play that didn't take any brain power. Yeah. And <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And, and apparently, if you guys are all exhausted from racing, I can win. What's funny is I didn't race, but I mean, no. I was I was just tired. Yeah. So, that's Sigurata. And I'm David. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. Uh, Let's jump into the news, why don't we? We will jump into the news. So which Which news are we starting with? Uh, we're going to end with the news that... With the big news. Yeah. The big news we're going to end with. Uh, one neat thing I saw today on BGG was talking about Steve Finn Games. Uh, they're a smaller company. Uh, their two big games are Biblios and Herbasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't played either of them. But what he started to do last year with the increase in shipping is he runs one Kickstarter a year. He puts the four games he's going to release in that Kickstarter, and you have the choice of what you want to buy, and that's all he prints for the year, with a, with a little bit extra. Some go to retail stores, retail like stores, that, yeah. of course. And so his second Kickstarter this way is coming out right away, uh, with four more games. But there's going to be four smaller games included this time that are forty cards or less. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Get Bit is getting a new edition and coming to Kickstarter. I don't really know much about this game. If I want to get bit, I just have to go outside. Yeah, well, there is that. But, (laughs) so, you have little guys that come apart, so you have limbs and legs and stuff, and you're trying to get away from a shark. Okay. (laughs) 
And whoever's last at the end of each round loses a limb or loses a piece of them. So it's like brutal hangman. Like brutal hangman. <laughs> uh, everybody has seven cards. Uh, I believe it's it's either lowest or highest moves to the front. Okay. But if two people play the same card, they go to the back. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's some interesting thing. It's I just sort of, want the figures that you like tear their limbs yeah, off. Yeah, of. it, it sort of gave me that feeling of uh, with the boat or with the ships that you're jumping in and uh, Celestia. Oh, oh yeah. For that type of game is what I got the feeling of this. I don't know how many figures you get in it, but I think it's a four or five player game, and it it sounded kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Masters of the Universe from yes. Simon is coming to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. They posted a picture of Castle Grayskull. I did see that. Which is really got nothing to do with the game, but you can get it in the Kickstarter. I mean, why wouldn't you? Though? Yeah. I'm hoping it's a dice tower or something. That would be cool. Yeah. Castle Grayskull. I would buy it just for that. Yeah, it would be tempting. Uh, Bruxel's 1893, which has been out of print for a long time. Really solid Euro game is coming back to Kickstarter, or coming to Kickstarter, not back to Kickstarter, coming to Kickstarter next year, and there's going to be a big box version of it, and people can get a copy of it finally again. Uh, Weather Machine from uh, Vital Lacerda and On Mars Expansion are both going to be coming to Kickstarter. I believe Weather Machine might be end of October-ish, and On Mars will be early next year, I believe. Cool. Uh, his games will do well. Weather Machine, the cover, looks amazing. Yeah, it's kind of a boring title, to be honest, but... Yeah, but you're trying to control the weather. And... Yeah, well, there's some good uh, famous news stories about, you know, people who tried to control the weather and stuff like that, so... Yeah. So, a couple of big ones coming. Uh, Voidfall also has got a uh, preview page that you can sign up for to get notified once it comes onto Kickstarter. And that will be another big one that does well with uh, David Tercy involved. Cool. Big news from last week. Yes. And uh, if you are at all familiar with anything board game related, yeah. any board game news related, you'll probably have heard this already. And I and I think we just felt we couldn't bring up the news without mentioning this. Yeah. Uh, and that is that the CEO of Broken Token has been uh, accused of sexual harassment yep. against a former employee. And it sounds like it was a, a former employee who worked, like, basically from the grassroots. He, he was, she, she was yeah. employee number one. Yeah, right? she, was, she was there with him. Yeah, he started the company, hired her, she worked with him for five years, and then had to leave. Yeah. Okay. And it was, yeah, so the, it, the report just got published. She, she, she published the yeah, report. So yeah, so she published a blog talking about it uh, because she had found out that somebody else in the company, after she had left, had gone, had to go through the same thing that she did, and she didn't want anybody else to have to do this. Yeah. So uh, she posted it to get the information out there yep. um, about him. And about what she had to go through and what, but really about what other people in the industry have to go through. Because if the number one takeaway uh, that you can see from this is that every other female uh, publisher, employee, 
in the board game industry or most industries have gone through something like this at some point in their career. Yeah, there's some uncomfortableness that has occurred for women in board gaming. Yeah, right? and it's not a... to say that all of the high-level board game companies do this, right? No. It's that everybody has had an experience with somebody like this. Yeah, it's in in an industry that was predominantly male yeah. for so long, there's... There's stories like this, and it's the industry is trying to change. Yeah, uh, it's not changing fast enough. No, for a lot of people. But it's it's good that these stories are now getting out here. And I guess we never really mentioned what Broken Token is. So Broken Token makes board game accessories, and they are massive in the board game community. Like there's, so I've talked about backing Dinosaur World. Yeah, they had been talking about the, like, literally two days before this news came out, they sent out an update with, Panasaurus Games sent out an update with the preview of the pe- Broken Token insert that was supposed to come out right after Dinosaur World got fulfilled. Yeah. Um, now, Panasaurus, immediately after, and also just today, posted statements saying they have canceled their licensing with Broken Token, so they're looking into different options, and of course we won't be able to get that insert right away. Yep. However, the accountability for breaking off with these guys, I think, is uh, is better. Is better. Yep. Uh, and a lot of companies have come out with the same stuff. Cephalofair Games, uh, Gloomhaven of Gloomhaven and Frosthaven have done this exact same thing. Yep. Isaac was really the one that brought this to light. Uh, he found out about it. He tweeted about it and made a statement about it and. It went from there. Bezier Games has said stuff. Uh, Capstone Games. All a lot of companies have come out about it. We haven't, or I have not seen anything from some of the bigger companies like the Seamons or the Stonemeyer Games. Both of whom have pretty big licensings with Broken yeah, Token. Yeah, there's a lot of licensing agreements between those companies. So I'm hoping it's just a matter of seeing them trying to figure out what they have. Yeah, legally. I I imagine. I know in legal ease there can be things where if they say something, that can be used against them for trying to break a licensing agreement. Yep. So I'm hoping it's something along the lines of they're not allowed to say something until the deal has gone through, like until they've figured out the problem. But it is unfortunate to not see them make any sort of statement yet. Yeah. Um, be- because of how like big they are. Yeah. But it is nice to see like most... Most, if not all, of the community is coming together around this this woman. Yes, uh, it's and believing her. It's it's all about. There's no question that she's telling the truth. Yeah, in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> like the CEO has made a statement. Terrible statement. It was absolutely horrendous. Uh, I can't believe somebody would post something like that. Yeah, but that is the big news from last week. And and we had to mention it because yeah. I've talked about representation in games and like, you know, we've talked about female creators and it's just, I mean, if you're female, you aren't actually that shocked hearing about this, um, which is horrifying. But yes. the thing is, you hear stories about this all the time, right? So it's just good that it is coming out and that people are hopefully facing, you know, consequences for this. For sure. So yeah, we needed to mention it. Yes. Now... Um- now, Let's get on to the regular show. Yes. 
And, and you are listening to a CFCR. I, this is Board on the Air. Yep. And we are going to start going through the B, BGG, or Board Game Geek, Top 100, uh, about the games and stuff. So just, just quickly before we go, yep. we've talked about BGG a little bit, but give me a quick summary of what BGG is and what this Top 100 is. Okay, BGG is the consummate database for board game information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Facebook for board gamers. Perfect. Uh, people are allowed to, you know, store their collection or the data of their collection, their their plays or everything that they want to do board gaming can be done through this site for the most part. Cool. Uh, top one hundred is a ever a rating list. system, an yeah. ever changing list. Exactly. Uh. Since it started, I believe in 2000 or just before 2000, uh, I think there's only ever been uh, excuse me, seven or eight games that have been number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, once a game gets to number one, it takes a long time for anything to push it out of that spot. Yeah. Uh, we're getting on the cusp, I think, that something may push the current number one out of its spot. Uh, just because it's getting a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, as games age, their ratings change. Yeah, and not as many people are rating them. Exactly. Because these are f- partially yeah. taken up by player ratings as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and you can sort it by your ratings however you want. This is just the BGG Top 100 uh, and stuff that uh, we'll go through. First game at number 100, we'll go 100 to 1. Yep. Uh is Roll for the Galaxy. This is a game uh, that we owned at one point. Uh, It is dice rolling based on Race for the Galaxy. Uh, We played this about five times. Yeah, I played this only at uh, ToonCon. Yeah, you played at ToonCon because you didn't play our copy. Nope. Uh, Reason we got rid of this one is New Frontiers came out and we found it a better implementation of it. Mm-hmm. And enjoyed it better, more, but still a solid game. Uh, 99 is Trajan, which is a Stefan Feld game with a rondelle in the middle. One of my favorite of his. Uh, own it and love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, this is always a game that I'm kind of like, I know I've played it. But I can never, ever remember it. (laughs) You've only ever played this one once. Right, okay. The one you're thinking of is Carpe Diem. Definitely Carpe Diem, yeah. Yeah, but Trajan is the one that we played one time, and you and Mum were... Meh on it. So-so on it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think it's a solid, solid game. Uh, Number 98 is Codenames. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the big party games of recent years. Uh... Recent years is 2015. That's seven, not seven, six years ago. Six years ago it came out. Crazy. Uh, we've played this one quite a bit. Yep. Uh, we play some, we play Codenames Duet more than the base Codenames now. Uh, but we played Codenames a but lot. But we, we did play Codenames a lot and it, it is a solid party game and I think it's worthy of the top 100. Definitely. Yeah. Number 97 is a newer game, 2019, Isle of Cats. Which we've talked about plenty on the show. Which we've talked. It's. I of, almost think this one should be higher because I actually really like this game. Yeah, but. I th- I think it's trending that way. 
but it is yeah I, I don't know I uh, I guess it's it's kind it's not something that at the time when it came out like Tetra style wasn't new or anything like that yeah. but I, I think as we go through this we're gonna find stuff that we think should move up and yeah. should move down and of course it's all personal preference yeah and I think once we get through the final all of the 100 we'll probably have a show where we talk about ones that we think Okay. Are yeah. in the wrong spots. Uh, number 96 is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Uh, this is a dry Euro. Yeah, that uh, cover looks dry, that's for sure. You sure Feld didn't make this one? It has not Feld. Uh, it's one of the Italians. <laughs> and it's got a good following, a loyal following. Uh, it's one I've always wanted to try but have not yet. Uh, it's coming to Kickstarter, I'm going to say, in the next few months where they're going to do a big box version of it with it and its expansions and probably some new promo stuff. And I will be tempted, very, very tempted I at that I have literally point. never heard of this game, but you love your dry euros, so... Yeah. Uh, Tiger Number 95 is Tigris and Euphrates. This is a Reiner Knizia game. Mm -hmm. And it's all about putting squares on the board. Yeah, it looks like it's a civilization-style game. Yeah, sort of. It's it's more you want the same or the right stuff beside each other, so more of a uh, area control, area placement game. Yeah, we'll see. That one's nineteen ninety-seven. Hey, so that's it, one it, of the older ones so far. It's definitely an older game. Uh, it's been around for a long time. Uh, it's out of print right now. Uh, he does Kinesia. I actually just watched a video on. Uh, no pun in intended or included. Mm -hmm. uh, just did a video on his stuff, and he's done quite a few games on the same mechanic, uh, with the new one being Babylonia. Mm -hmm. uh, Russian Railways, uh, 2013. This is a worker placement game where you're trying to build out your uh, railway, railway company, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, another one that is coming to Kickstarter with a big box in the next few yeah. months. And you uh, know we love a train game, so... <laughs> and we love train games, and this one is supposed to be a really solid worker placement game, so it's one that uh, I'm very, very interested in as well. Uh, 93 is Patchwork. I've only played this on the app, but it is yep. actually pretty fun on the app. It's a two-player Tetris-style game where you're going back and forth, sort of uh, Nova Luna, where whoever is at the further back goes first... Until you pass them. Uh, if you have any holes in your quilt, like you're building a quilt, yeah, if you leave any holes on it, then you lose points. And yeah, you're <laughs> trying to make your way around the track first. Yeah, and there's lots of different shapes in this one. Yes. Not your traditional Tetris I do shapes. recommend the app. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I've played the app a few times too. I uh, never played the actual Me neither. <laughs> physical board game. Uh, number 92 is one of my favorites, Raiders of the North Sea. Yep. Uh... Shim Phillips, I've talked about this a lot. Uh, one Fantastic more, game. One more that's in our collection. And uh, strongly recommend this one and should be in the top 10 eventually here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 91 is Lord of the Rings, Journeys of Middle Earth. This is a uh, big box, big dungeon box. crawl, app-driven game. Lots of minis that Shay's painted. Yep. Solid, solid game. Jordan really likes this one. And one that uh, is popular. So, in the first ten, one, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven games I've played. Mm-hmm. Two or th- yeah, two coming to Kickstarter again in new editions, and one that we've played in an app form. Or no, and, uh, uh, I'd say over fifty percent we own as well. Yeah, and or we have owned. Yeah, own one, two, three, four, five. Six, but we've sold one of them. Yeah. So that's a good start. We will get back to that next week. I'm David. And I'm Shay. Have a great night.